You're listening to the Writing Wall Podcast, and I'm your host, Stacey Hawks. Every second and fourth Saturday of the month, I will be here at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and many other platforms. This podcast is designed for indie authors to have a platform to share their books, their poetry, and their stories. We also feature well-known and traditional writers that are from my home state of North Carolina, while also featuring local writers from my backyard right here in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of Allegheny County. You can connect with us on Twitter at The Writing Wall or on Instagram at WritingsOnTheWall85 and grab our links there to our website so that you can keep up with what's happening with our monthly newsletter. Newsletters go out the first of every month and you can also sign up to follow us on the Wix app because everyone has a story. We want to hear yours. What is your story? to have some fun this shameless self promo saturday i know i am my team's loving the music by the way we have a great guest with us tonight the one and only author misplaced comma from twitter julie balco herself julie is here to talk to us about her debut book the things we keep if you haven't dropped by the blog you need to because there's an exclusive excerpt there provided by julie And you can also catch her season four extra on our Buy Me A Coffee platform. Just visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash The Writing Wall. Hi, Julie, and welcome to The Writing Wall podcast season four. Hi, nice to be here. Share with listeners a little about yourself, where you're from, and the genre you write. Where I'm from, I'm a bit of a mutt. I was born in Chicago. I lived in Philadelphia most of my life, and then Boston, and then Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and now I'm in Seattle. Congratulations on The Things We Keep, your debut novel. Share with listeners what this story is about. The Things We Keep is it's a women's fiction novel. It's my debut novel. And it's about a woman named Serena who is studying the disease her mother's dying of, which is breast cancer. You know, she's had a very hard relationship with her mother and caregiving just doesn't come easy between the two. And then after her mother dies, Serena's left with grief, but she's also just left with a lot of questions about her childhood, about just, I don't know, the things that happen. You know, when you lose a parent, you look back at things and things look differently. And as she's going through her mother's stuff, she learns a secret that changes everything, basically. So the book's about grief, it's about families, it's about a lot of family dysfunction, it's about sisters, you know, some tough marriage stuff in there too, and the things we keep from one another, so like secrets. It is truly astounding at how reflective death can be, especially when it comes to a loved one and someone really close to us. And it's amazing what we don't think to ask while they're here. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, you think you know something as a child, right? You have one view of things, but then as you grow up and you look back on your past, you realize as an adult, so much is just, you know, you see it through a different lens. And that happens in this book a lot. So what inspired you to write this story, The Things We Keep? Well, probably no surprise is I lost my own mother to breast cancer. That was really hard for me. And I don't know if it's weird, but it surprised me that grief was so hard because no one really talks about it. I'm a really big reader, so I get a lot of my life lessons from fiction. And I feel like no fiction novel like set me up for how hard it was going to be. So it kind of put it in my head that one day I need to write a book and I need to make grief the theme so that way anybody reading it won't feel alone. So that was really the big inspiration was unfortunately I lost my own mother and it sucked. (laughs) 
What can you share with listeners that was not part of the blurb or part of the book? You know, one of the things I find when you lose a parent or lose someone that you love, grief, you know, you're kind of in the present, but your mind goes back to the past a lot. So one thing that isn't in the blurb is the way the things we keep is written. I wrote like the flow of grief. So in the beginning, when Serena, the main character is really in the throes of grief, there's a lot of flashbacks, obviously helpful to the reader because they can learn about her past, but really that's what grief is like. It's like you're living in the present and you're overwhelmed and you're just thinking about all these memories. And then as the story goes on and as Serena kind of is dealing with her grief, there's fewer and fewer of those memory flashbacks because to me, again, that's how grief works. You kind of can live in the present more. So I really wanted the flow of the book creatively to follow how grief felt. That's something you wouldn't know until you read it. What was the most difficult scene to write for this book? So the most difficult to get right was definitely, you know, the scenes where she's kind of saying goodbye to her mother and the funeral scenes. When I first wrote them, to be honest, it was a few years after my mother had passed away. So it wasn't that hard. But when I was editing it, what I didn't expect is I found out the things we keep was going to get published about two weeks after my father died. And that like I didn't wasn't expecting my father to pass away. So I was editing it about two months after going through grief. And it was so raw still. So every time I would work on those scenes, I literally would like just be sobbing in the dining room. And my husband would come in and be like, everything going okay? And I'd be like, it's making it better. It's going to be really honest. Like I knew that me being so close to grief was making the scenes better. But man, it was, it was hard. I can understand and respect that. There are definitely some chapters in Dividing Ridge that I will never read aloud just because I was so emotionally invested in that story and I would without a doubt be a blubbering mess if I read them. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because my I have three daughters and they're, they really want to know about the book and I've read them a few, you know, pieces but I definitely got choked up. <laughs> like, it's a little too, too real. It's not real, but it's real, you know. Speaking of reading aloud, do you have any plans to make an audio version of The Things We Keep? Uh, ask my publisher. Hey, you hear that? People want to... <laughs> Uh, I would love to make an audiobook. You know, I'm with an independent publisher, so I think if demand requires it, they would love to do it. Share with listeners a little bit more about your title, The Things We Keep, and what that title means to you. Well, to me, it means a few different things. It's the things we keep after someone passes away. It's the things we keep in our hearts. We lose people, but we carry them forward. And then also it's the things we keep from one another. It's the secrets we don't share. It's those like, you know, small things in a marriage that you just don't say. I think relationships are so interesting, whether it's mother-daughter, whether it's husband and wife. There's a lot of things we keep from one another, good and bad. So it has many, many different levels of meaning, which, which I love. Which character from the things we keep do you relate to the most? I mean, it's hard not to pick Serena. Although if you read the book, it's funny because I have like family members and cousins. They know me, so they know I'm not Serena. But then they ask me all these questions of like, I can't tell you what the big reveal is because obviously readers are going to read this. But clearly I am not Serena. But, you know, I can't help but she has my heart. We both lost her mother to breast cancer. I really wanted to make her strong, but not like so strong that she doesn't crumble because the woman's handling a lot. I really wanted her to represent this modern woman who kind of handles like we balance balance our jobs, our kids, we take care of our parents. And it's just, it's really too much. Like we live in a world right now where we are expected to do too much. So I, I feel that in her and I, I definitely relate to that because I think I take on too much. Are you currently working on another book or thinking about working on another book? And if you're already writing, what can you share with listeners? 
I have just finished my second book and it's actually with a subject matter expert right now and with an editor. I am looking for a literary agent or a bigger publisher. So if you're listening, please contact me. <laughs> but it's called The Me List. And it's another, I love complex relationships, but this is about two neighbors who totally hate each other. So it's a story of an unlikely friendship. The Me List is this idea that this woman makes the other woman write 10 things to get her out of this like mom funk. There's some funny things that happen. There's some touching things. It's a much more commercial book, but it was a lot of fun to write. What is something that you hope readers take away after they've read The Things We Keep? I've been lucky in that I've heard from a lot of readers, so I know the thing I want them to to read, to feel, is one of the major themes is life and love doesn't have to be perfect, right? Like love doesn't have to be perfect to still be love. You know, some of our toughest relationships, they're tough, but there is that glimmer of good or that learning that you can come out of it. So I hope, you know, even though it's a heavy story, I hope it makes the reader lighter. I hope it lets them let go of maybe the past or just let go of their grief in a way. Let's talk about how things change when you become an indie author in terms of privacy, because once that book is out out there and it's published it's being reviewed and being read and essentially we are too we're being read by our readers and they are the ones giving us the reviews like i said i've had people ask me some really weird questions i want to be like so it's a book <laughs> i didn't do that <laughs> but thank you um, but yeah yeah you know i am really really private i didn't even let my husband read the book until i was in the editing phase because i knew it would affect what i wrote and I totally made the husband character a total douche guy. And I wanted to, like, you're not supposed to like him. But I knew if I knew my husband was reading it, I would want to make him more likable. Because I don't know, I worry, and he knows he's not this character. But I had to have my husband read it because my husband said he's breast cancer. So he was actually my scientific advisor on the book. So I was like, I would interview him and ask him questions without having him read it. And then the final kind of two edits, I'm like, all right, come aboard. Here's my book. <laughs> hey, it's getting published. It's time for you to read it. <laughs> Julie, how can listen? Listeners follow you and find your book. Well, you can follow me on everywhere. Instagram, TikTok, Goodreads, BookBub, under my author name, which is Julie with two E's, very important, Valko, V-A-L-K-O. You can follow me at Twitter where I have a different name, which is Misplaced, comma, two. Because I started out on Twitter just having fun, I didn't, and I never dreamt that my book would actually get published. I should have believed in myself. I have that name and I just have fun on there. I have an author website, which is juliebalco.com, where you can learn more about the things we keep. I also have some poetry and a few other things I've written are all linked on that website. And then the most important part is where to buy it, which is, you know, obviously Amazon and Barnes and Noble. But if you're an independent bookstore, I love independent bookstores. They're my favorite places. And they're actually why I became a writer. My book is on Ingram, which means any independent bookstore. So I'm trying to get it in as many independent bookstores as possible. Well, thank you, Julie, aka Misplaced Comma, for being our writer of the week this week and for being our podcast guest this season. Thank you for having me. It's awesome. We're going to encourage listeners and followers to follow Julie on social media and visit her website to check out her book, poetry, and more. We also wish her all the best with her second upcoming publication. Our next writer of the week is a major podcast host and book reviewer himself. He's also a great indie author. His name is Landis Wade, and if it sounds familiar, then you must have checked out Charlotte Reader's podcast. Landis is a great show host, and you can even catch my interview from last November on the podcast, talking about Dividing Rich. We'll be talking about his next book titled Deadly Declarations, 
and we'll be introducing a special Wednesday guest on April the 13th. Our podcast interview with Landis Wade airs April the 9th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the Writing Wall podcast. And don't forget, you can check out Season 4 Extras on our Buy Me a Coffee platform, buymeacoffee.com forward slash the writing wall. You know, I have the best evenings whenever I'm on here with one of these authors and I get to chat with them about their book and their perspective books and their upcoming projects. It's always so much fun. Again, a big thank you to Julie Balco. Check out her book, The Things We Keep, on Amazon today and follow Julie on social media. Here are some more great writers from Twitter and Instagram that you can follow and also buy their books, starting with J.D. Sanderson. He's a sci-fi writer. He has a book available now titled A Footstep Echo. Bernard Abbey's life was routine, stagnant and lonely. That all changed the day she entered his life. To save him from being killed, a mysterious young woman transports Bernard to another point in time. As the mystery girl takes Bernard across time, they cross paths with strangers claiming to know her, grappling with conflicting versions of her origin. The only thing he knows for certain is that the fate of humanity's idyllic future is somehow connected with his new companion. You can check out this two-part book series on Amazon.com today. His first book is titled The Clock's Neil. Follow J.D. Sanderson on Twitter using the handle at a sci-fi writer. Now I'm moving on to a fellow blogger who supports other bloggers of the writing community on Twitter. Her name is Epifina M. Can blogging make you millions? That's one of her latest posts and you can check out her blog on femaleblogpreneur.com. Her Twitter handle is at fblogpreneur. Here's another great podcast to sink your teeth into if you love movies. Subscribe to the Film Podcast with Brian and Joe. Their handle is at the Film Podcast. The Film Podcast with Brian and Joe takes you on a journey to the Beverly Hills of 1984 in our Wayback Machine. Can you still play the opening bars to the Axel Foley theme on your casino keyboard? Brian can. And Joe can still boost a piggy bank tractor trailer full of lucky strikes, complete with a federal tax stamp. Come engage in a gross dereliction of duty with us today, says their podcast description. Now on to Milo Lorian. He is also on Twitter and you can follow him using the handle at Milo Lorian. Milo's book is titled With Love, Leo. This book is both a heartbreaking and uplifting tale inspired by real life, exploring what one man does to mitigate the pain and suffering his ill health would bring to his longtime love and be there for her when she needs him the most. It's free on Kindle Unlimited and you can find it on Amazon.com. Again, give Milo Lorian a look today. For the music lovers out there, here's a little bit of a mystery book. It's by Leandra Simone, and you can find her on Twitter at LeandraSimone2 is her handle. The book is titled Dancing on the Edge of Moonlight. Kara has gotten caught up with a musician with a dual personality. There's the arrogant, manipulative frontman and the quiet genius behind him. She's intrigued by one but can't stand the other. What's a girl to do? Readers will just have to find out when they pick up Dancing on the Edge of Moonlight. Now I'm moving on to Instagram and a very fabulous writer, author there. Her name is Cheryl Gray Bostrom. And if you haven't followed Cheryl, you must give this writer and her book a look. It's titled 
Sugar Birds, and it has won multiple awards. One reviewer raved, Bostrom's voice reminds me of Delia Owens's, where the crawdads sang in Annie Dillard's Pilgrim at Tinker Creek. For years, Harris Hayes has taught his daughter Aggie the ways of the northern woods. So when her mother's depression worsens, Harris shows the girl how to find and sketch the nests of wild birds as an anecdote to sadness. Aggie's in a tree far overhead when her unpredictable mother spots her and forbids her to climb. Angry, the 10-year-old accidentally lights a tragic fire, then flees downriver. She lends her boat near Untamed Forest, where she hides among the trees and creatures she considers her only friends, determined to remain undiscovered. This read is perfect for fans of The Scent Keeper, where the crawdads sing, and the great alone. Sugar Birds immerses readers in a layered, evocative coming-of-age story set in the breathtaking natural world where characters encounter the mending power of forgiveness for themselves and for those who have failed them. And last but not least, our final Shameless Self-Promo Saturday shout-out is going to go to Instagram writer and author Tom Flynn for his book titled A Girl Named Dara. You can find A Girl Named Dara on Amazon in paperback, Kindle, and hardback formats. One reviewer raves a novel you won't want to put down until you get to the very last page. When Jeff Newcastle meets Dara, a beautiful Belarusian girl on the first day of poetry class at UCLA, he imagines he's stumbled onto the perfect college romance. Unfortunately, his fixation on Dara's beauty prevents him from seeing the truth about her tragic life. So give a girl named Dara a look and also follow Tom Flynn on Instagram using the handle at Tom Flynn underscore author. That's it for us this Shameless Self-Promo Saturday. Thank you so much for tuning into the Writing Wall podcast. We look forward to bringing you a brand new podcast on Saturday, April the 9th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with special guest and fellow podcaster and host of the Charlotte Readers podcast, Landis Wade. Be sure to visit our Buy Me a Coffee platform for articles, season four extras, and a whole lot more. Because we all have a story, the Writing Wall blog and podcast wants to hear yours. What is your story? Anytime I purchase a book, I always review, and if I really enjoy reading your work, rest assured, it may be shared here on this podcast with my listeners and followers. Of course, I will do so with permission from the author or authors first. Please like, follow, and share this information with other writers, and if you ever need a writer's lift, visit me on social media. Thank you all again for being here for this podcast. I look forward to hearing from you and learning more about the stories you weave.